Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Okay, no bro talk today. PSA, public service announcement about this market. Let me preface a few things. This is not advice. Speak to a professional so you can get some information about your own specific situation. However... Or do your homework. Or do your homework. Market's going through a significant decline. On the day that we record this. Well, actually, up until the day we record this, because the market looks like it's going to open pretty positive today. On Friday, on the 13th, May 13th, Friday the 13th. (laughs) There we go. Anyways... uh, this is for a lot of you. Um, this is your first experience with the realities, the harsh realities of markets. Uh, despite popular belief, and uh, I think it was a lot of fun to watch, stocks or stonks don't always go up. Yeah, they do. As Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy liked to say how, during the pandemic. How low could they really go? So, uh, Many stocks will probably go out of business during this. Uh, many corporations will probably go out of business during this uh, issue that we're facing in our market and economy right now. My point in all this is so that you can keep in mind that if you are younger, if you have a 15, 20-year time horizon, and you're listening to this right now, I know it's hard to believe, but this is actually a very good thing for you. This is a really good thing to be a buyer of index investments, baskets of stocks, baskets of quality companies that over time will do very well. Could we go through a prolonged period of decline in prices? You bet. Could we meander for years and years to where stocks become completely out of favor? You bet. But the reality is, over time, the reason this will work is as new companies come onto the scene developing products and services that you will use every day, they will find themselves being added to these indexes. You don't have to go search for them. You don't have to try to find the next Amazon or Apple or Tesla or Google. They're out there. They're out there right now, and they're growing. And they're growing their their company, they're growing their market cap, they're growing their business. And once they get to a certain point, they will mathematically be added to these indices. And therefore, you will participate in the next bull market. Or if you're in a total stock index, you already own it. Yeah, because you own every stock in the market. Now, but they why? will grow. Sure. They and will grow. And their market cap will, will then take on more weight in the overall performance of the fund. My point in saying all this is take a deep breath. Understand this is why we talk about the basic tenets of DIY lifestyle, having fast cash, having an emergency fund, paying off debt, and investing for the long term. This is actually a positive thing. So you mentioned buying like index funds, 
which would also be like target date funds, diversified portfolios. Why not just find those lovely stocks that are down 70 to 90 percent and buy them because they're air quotes on sale, like significantly 70 percent discount? That might work. However, if you get it wrong, it could create some major problems for your portfolio. Um, I personally fall into this trap all the time. And every time I do, I say, I will never do that again. You know what they say, fool me once, strike one, but fool me twice, strike three. Now, thankfully, it's always with a very small position or portion of my overall investments. And my majority of my overall investments stay in the basic boring stuff. But every once in a while, I venture out and I say, oh, I really like this company. Uh, one of them in particular was Upstart recently. I love their business model. I think it's brilliant. I think their their numbers are interesting. And they were down like 50%. I said, oh, I'm going to put some of this on my personal position sheet, not a recommendation at all. And now the stock's down like 90% or 70%, something like that. So just do the math. I am personally in that stock down. And every time I'm like, why did I do that? That was dumb. I didn't need to do that. It was ridiculous. So a stock that goes down 50% can still go down another 50%. It could be out of business. I mean, we've not been in an environment where this has happened for a Mm -hmm. long time, but it does happen. Yeah. And when it does, people are wiped out. So whenever there's a decline, like we're seeing now in our business, for instance, we have been a buyer of the decline for our clients, as hard as it is, and we've been buying the indices because we're confident that at some point those indices will do better. Now, that's the PSA. Can we, can we move good. on? No bro PSA? talk. Move it on. Um, the last PSA, switching over to bro oh, talk, PSA. Um, I had the winner in the derby. I had $5 to win on, what was his name? I have no clue. What was his name? Rich Strike, the 21 horse. Now, what you don't know is I actually had $5 to win on every other horse in the race as well, which I've nice. never done in my entire life. But I liked way too many horses, and I thought, you know what? Why not? I'll just throw $100 That's on here. That's something I would do, and you would laugh at me at. Until uh, you win $409, then oh, I'd be God. like, wow. And it was hysterical. You know what's so funny is the people that we were with, I did this bet, you know, one, I was the only one that cashed a ticket, you know, 409 bucks on that. And everybody's like, oh, that was so smart. That was amazing. Like, why, did you, why didn't we think of that? And I thought it was only so smart because <laughs> the longest shot came in. Yes. The second longest in history. So it was just luck, pure luck. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right, let's move on. We got a good question today from Allie. Allie, what do you got? D-I-Y. Hi, guys. This is Allie from PA. I've been listening for a few months, and it's been awesome learning about various topics from you guys. This question is about active management. Is it worth it? Quick background, I have 120000 in retirement funds sitting in a company with active management. My relative, who is my financial advisor, CRPC, and fiduciary at the company, recommended a year ago I put the whole amount into active management due to it being discounted to where I would incur a 0.3% fee and having someone always watching the money and adjusting with the market. I haven't made any money in one year, which is concerning, but I know it's been a rough year for the market. I'm debating on pulling it out and just placing it all in something like Fidelity Total Market Index, FSKAX. 
I hope he didn't recommend active management based on kickbacks for using the active manager, but as my fiduciary, I would think he is acting in my best interest. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Okay, Allie from PA. Got to be around the Philly area, my personal opinion. She's not like an eerie PA or a, a Harrisburg PA type accent. Philly, outside of Philly. Okay. All right. Uh, let's break this down a little bit. I ah, Predominant issue against actively managed mutual funds are fees, turnover, and ultimately uh, the expenses associated with those uh, that ultimately hinder performance over the long term. Small hindrance of performance over the long term in, in regards to an index can create a significant uh, you, you know headwind for your overall return for your portfolio. Now, if you have price breaks, I don't know how that transpired, but if you have a price break and it's down to, sounds like, what'd you say, 30 basis points, something like that? Sounded like that, yeah. 30 basis points. That's obviously a lot better. You aren't subject to the tax situation from turnover in a retirement account. So that's okay. I think the reality is that you have to be, or your advisor has to be incredibly confident in the manager to which you feel that over time you will outperform the actual index or the benchmark, the index that this that this fund is, is um, you know, kind of going against, for lack of a better term. And you got to be able to have outperformance over time uh, in this in this model. Now, it didn't sound like, you know, you're at an active, it's it's not your, your relative or your advisor who's actively managing your portfolio and you're paying them and therefore, you know, you're getting all of these ancillary benefits and so forth. And, and in that situation, it's not, in my personal opinion, not as important to say, oh, I've got to outperform the market, not if it's, you know, in regards to your overall plan, your diversification, et cetera. So it really boils down to you're self-directing a retirement account, I think, I think, or maybe this is a retirement account that she has with the with the family member. I don't know. But the reality is you're making the decision, right? Because she said she could pull it out and go to a total market index. So at the end of the day, in this case, I, I got to be candid. It's probably about performance. Now, in full disclosure, I have one active managed mutual fund. One. It is held in a retirement account that I have through the University of Kentucky. Uh, It is at Fidelity. It is the Fidelity Contra Fund. Now, the Fidelity Contra Fund is run by a manager by the name of Will Danoff, who is one of the best managers in the world. Previously, a hedge fund manager turned institutional manager who has consistently outperformed the market. And I think that you can't just go to Fidelity and buy that fund. I think it's closed to new investors. And the only way I have access to it is through my retirement plan at the University of Kentucky. That is the only active management fund on the equity side that I have because he has a long-term track record of not just a little bit outperforming the market, but significantly outperforming the market. So I justify that. We have a price break as well at the university, I think. I'm pretty sure. So it's something I use. But for the most part, I stick to index funds. I didn't answer her question at all. (laughs) I didn't answer it. I'm going to help people because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, 
and doggone it, people like me. Which part did you not answer? I don't know whether she should do it or not. I guess, well, we can't give personal investment advice. Well, so that's I guess the tough it boils part. down to performance. So right? all we can do is give the sort of general education around how we or other people might make that decision and go from there and why people might go one direction or the other. So, Well, let me, let me say yeah. one other thing. The one thing I would not get all that concerned about, Allie, is being down for a year. Yeah. Or, or that's a very made, short-term made, oh, window. No money over the last year. The last year has been terrible. Remember, a lot of active managers have been loaded into areas that have produced great returns over the last several years, and those are the areas that stink right now. I mean, they just absolutely stink. So the NASDAQ, for instance, is down 27% year-to-date. That was the best performer performing index last year, and it's down 27%. So the fact that you're flat for a year, I, I would not be that concerned about, regardless of whether you're active or indexed. Yeah, you can't look at performance in a vacuum, so you can't just go, I've made money or lost money. You would have to compare it either to your financial plan projections, what your plan requires, or uh, your alternative investment, the, the index that you would otherwise invest in. But you wouldn't invest in that other index fund unless it met your financial planning goals. And so I think that parlays into sort of an important point that we have to understand. When we talk about sort of index-based investing, like investing in the S&P 500 or investing in the total stock market fund, it's because for most people, their goal in investing is to capitalize on the economic growth in the US or the world. So as companies do well, uh, as a whole, as a basket, that they're going to profit with that over time. Uh, they're going to experience the natural, you know, gross domestic product growth of the US or the world. When people segment out a piece of that, so they either go to um, an active fund uh, or something else, an active fund or a market timing or whatever, what you're insinuating is is that that active manager is going to slice out the better performing stocks out of that index uh, or through market timing is going to find the right times to, to buy and sell. That may be the case. Some people may be able to do it for short-term, medium-term, or long-term, have outperformance relative to that basket of stocks or, or that index. The hard part is you don't really know until hindsight whether or not somebody can do that. And once you have enough history, you don't know whether or not that's repeatable in the future. Now, when you add in other elements into your portfolio, that could be bonds, uh, gold, real estate, commodities, cryptocurrency, whatever. Anytime you're adding other things in, it has to be for a specific purpose or a goal. So if you're adding bonds into a, an aggressive portfolio to, say, reduce volatility or provide some income, or maybe you have short-term investment goals that you sock that money away into savings, each slice of your investments has a particular goal. But I would say most people should start with the total stock market index. That is their barometer. That is the reference point. So I would look at your funds, Ali, and go, how did they do compared to the total stock market index? And if they were down significantly more than that, understand why. Maybe they own a lot of technology stocks that have future growth perspective, things like that. And then ask yourself, is there a reason that you would prefer to do that over just getting the total uh, performance of the world or US economy? Remember um, that if you carve out a slice of that, you're going to get, for better or worse, the outperformance and the underperformance when that comes along. Because the total stock market fund is the performance of the entire U.S. stock market. So the aggregate performance of those who won or those who lost is then averaged out effectively in the performance of the total stock market. That boy is good. 
The other thing I would say, Allie, is you mentioned that the advisor said you should go into this fund because of the price break. Uh, now we're a year later. I would just circle back around and and say, hey, other than the price break, what do you like about this fund? What you know, why are we in this? How did it do compared to this, you know, to benchmarking or to the total stock market index? And just have a, a thoughtful conversation about that. And and uh, I'm sure you'll walk away going, OK, that makes sense. So uh, great question. Uh, as you can tell, both Daniel and I are pretty much fans of, of index passive allocation strategies um, and, and not necessarily, you know, seeking out uh, an active manager, albeit I do have one in a retirement account uh, that I have access to, and uh, but I will say the minute that manager retires, I'm probably going to leave that fund. So there you go. Great question, Allie. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Hey, keep those questions rolling. Send them to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Remember, friends, Secret to Wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.